from the Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce. This is In Conversation With. Supported by Westcott's Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Presented by Stuart Alford. And produced by Fresh Air Studios Plymouth. Hello there, I'm Stuart Elford, Chief Executive of Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce, with another edition of our In Conversation With podcast. And this is a business show special, the Devon Business Show, returning to Plymouth Pavilions in October. And I am joined by our three headline partners. And in the studio with me, I have Jackie Grubb from City College. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Stuart. I have Steve Warren-Brown from YGS Landscapes. Morning, Stuart. And joining us by the power of the interweb, it's Helen Wilde from Wildernet. Hi, Helen. Hi, thank you for joining us. So Jackie and City College are our people and skills partner. Steve Warren Brown is our planet partner and Helen Wild Wildernight a purpose partner following our chamber strategic priorities of people, planet and purpose. So before we start, because, well, firstly, I should say thank you very much for partnering on the business show. We genuinely couldn't deliver the business show without partners. So thank you so much for that. But also, I think it only fair to give you that sort of 30 second elevator pitch for your business before we start talking about the show and why you're exhibiting and what we can expect to see. So I'm looking at Jackie. So I'm going to go first with Jackie. She's like a rabbit in the headlights. No, Jackie knows what to say about City College. Go on, tell us what's new with City City College and why are you there? City College Plymouth is the anchor institution for skills for the city, for the region and beyond. And we provide qualifications which are employer-led to bridge the skills gap of the future. Thanks, Jackie. So over to Helen on the interweb. Helen, give us the 30-second elevator pitch for Wildernet. What's your company about? We were formed in 2017, we're what's called an alternative network provider, doing gigabit capable broadband across Cornwall and Devon. We're based in Liscard, and everyone who works for me either comes from Devon or Cornwall. We do all the bits no one else will do, the difficult, too hard to reach places, and we make sure that nobody gets left behind in terms of purpose in the digital revolution, because that would mean social digital exclusion. So we are basically a company which is both profit and purpose based in the Southwest for the Southwest, making sure we've got the next generation of tech technology ready to go. Uh, I can see why you've become our purpose sponsor now. That's good. Steve, YGS Landscapes. We've been established in Devon since 1987 when I took over from my father and we are a premium landscaping company, currently about 55 strong, continued growth and we recognise that the relationship with the Chamber is essential to our continued growth. Also promoting what our ethos is, which is about how we look after the planet and do better for the planet. Great. So we've heard about your businesses and what we really want to know is why you've decided to partner at the business show and why you think meeting in person is still really, really important. So perhaps, Steve, I'll start with you this time. Why is it important to you to have a presence at the business show? Lots of reasons. Passionate about networking and recognising the advantages of networking. I think we all suffered through the COVID period when we ended up doing everything remotely. I think we're social animals and beings and we need to interact. Proof's in the pudding with some of the lovely testimonies that came from last year. And whilst you may not do direct business... On the day, you may well meet people that you may end up interacting with or actually helping with their businesses as well. So it's a great day. It's a real buzz. We're delighted to be sponsoring it from a planet perspective. That's one of my passions, and people that know me know that I'll bore anybody about that. <laughs> no, you haven't don't got bore people, today. but no, no. There's an absolute need for us to get together, interact, build confidence with each other, build relationships, point people in the right direction, signpost the new startups, help each other to grow our businesses. As the Chamber says, connect, grow, and succeed, and it's all about that for me. 
Yeah, what's good for one business, good for all, isn't it? Mm, if we get absolutely. another successful business, then that's great. And Jackie, what about the college? Why do you decide to partner with us and be our people and skills partner? For a number of reasons, really, Stuart. For success, it's all around people, and it's getting the right people with the right skills in the right place. And it's so important for people to network in person so that they can share their views together to be able to get a really, really good end result. And the Chamber are just fantastic in terms of being a conduit of bringing employers, educational organisations together so that we can become a powerhouse of supplying the skills for today and tomorrow. Well, thank you for that. That's very kind. And yeah, we're really proud to work with you. It's a great relationship we have, and I'm very pleased to have that relationship. Thank you. And of course, we work very closely with you on the Local Skills Improvement Plan, which is exactly that, putting employers' voice at the heart of further education. And Helen, why have you decided to partner with us as our purpose sponsor? We have been set up and working with the Cornwall Chamber of Commerce for a number of years now. And last year, we took the decision that we were going to expand over the Tamar into Devon. Um, We've now got about 20,000 premises passed, and we are slowly fibring the whole of Plymouth and Exeter. And for us this year, it's particularly important that people meet us because it's all about trust credibility, relationships and conversations. And what we're trying to do is provide an alternative to BT effectively, particularly for our business services, by working more closely, particularly with small businesses, to understand what they need and work with them in terms of putting that together and why they should come to us. So I'm very much here in terms of what Steve's already said. I don't think you can replace a face-to-face conversation. So for us, this is, you know, hello, we're here. We always work within the community. We are a local company and we do this for the Southwest. Therefore, building those relationships on a local basis for us, it's a perfect opportunity to network, chat, introduce yourself and listen as well to what people actually need in the area to understand what we need to do differently, what we need to add, where there are gaps, how can we help, how can we work with people. And for me, it's just the joy of communication. I am totally with you on this one. Nothing replaces a really good chat and it's to meet new people and talk to them and find out what they need. So for us, we're looking forward to this. It's an important part of what we want to do. Yeah, and I mean, I've got to say, Wildernet, just from my perspective, seems to have come from, I've never heard of them, to I see you everywhere now. I see your vans everywhere. You are taking over the world. Are you buying a sort of grey suit and a white cat and going to sort of take over the world? <laughs> no, but I am a local girl and I've come back to the Southwest to do this and my heart and soul is in this project, as is it with my team, my management team, who are also all local. This is about a moment in time. So we have this opportunity with government funding to offer an alternative gigabit cable network and we're going to grab it with both hands. And, you know, I'm so pleased to hear about the skills agenda that we were talking about a moment ago, because a lot of this is also about our training academy. It's creating the next generation of engineers. It's apprenticeships. It's local employment. And it's also that providing networks of small businesses can grow. So if I'm honest, Joe, we're on a mission and we're flat out trying to create that opportunity for the Southwest and for ourselves and for everyone who works for us. Yeah. How many people do you employ now? 205. Wow. (laughs) And you only started a few years ago. We did. So when I came off the non-exec board and became CEO last January, we had 47 people. So we are growing an enormous rate. And that's why we train in county, because we didn't want to take everybody off to Lincolnshire, where you have to go to train to be an engineer, of all things. So you can only do this if you're prepared to work at a heightened rate in order to achieve those aims. What can people expect to see at your stand? Have you got any sort of Gucci technology you're going to show off, or is it all about the people in the chat? 
No, we have got some good technology. We always love to demonstrate any technology we can. So we'll talk about voice over IP, which for business is quite important with all the changes in the marketplace, but also just good connectivity, which is the first and most important part for any business to know you can do things like online trading, keep your website up to date, communicate with your customers and so on. So we do all sorts of other things as well, anything from geofencing cattle all the way through to robotic support and agriculture. But, you know, we'll talk about some of those and as we meet people and what their interests are. But, you know, basically in the first instance, have you got coverage? Is it gigabit capable? And have you got everything that you need for voice and data? And that actually in itself, for a small business starting up, it's a big thing to do. And exhume a lot of time in terms of making those things work before you have the time to set up an IT department. Yeah. Um, so we tend to work quite closely with small businesses doing that. And, you know, some of the things that we do is it can be anything from putting boys in the harbour, which have got radio capability. So it's always an open conversation. What are you trying to do? Let's see if we can find a solution for you. That's fantastic. Do you know, of all the things I thought I'd hear about today, I didn't think I'd hear about geofencing cattle. I've got to ask you, so what is geofencing cattle? If you put a collar on a bit of stock, what you can do is you instead of fencing it in, you can guide it to remain in one part of the field. And particularly with the weather we're having now, if you look when you see cattle spread out on a hillside, they're spread out, it means the grazing's really good and you don't have to worry about how long that's going to last. If they're all together, and particularly sheep tend to graze in a line, believe it or not, it means that the grazing's really bad. So what you want to do is optimise your grazing capability. And the way to do that is by literally using our technology to keep them in a smaller part of the field, make sure they graze that properly and appropriately, and then move them to the next part. So almost think of it as a sort of bionic digital sheepdog, which is on guard all the time, helping you to maintain that in terms of what you're trying to do and getting the best out of the land and managing it better. That is just incredible. Like I say, of all the things I thought I'd hear about today, I didn't think I'd hear about geofencing livestock. And Steve, so... You pre- expect me to follow that. Well, I'm going to ask <laughs> you, are we going to see another wacky forest at the business show? Well, obviously you shouldn't be asking me that question because it's top secret, but yes, absolutely. We were delighted with the feedback last year. And Helen, I don't know if you know, last year we did a pop-up forest at the entrance of the pavilions and it really captured the imagination. It did. And the thing that I'm really passionate about the planet. What we're trying to do at YGS is get these wacky forests planted in a lot of schools through the CIC that I've set up called Society. So the idea with last year was to take people through a microforest into the pavilions and then come to our stand and get a free tree. And we actually gave away a microforest last year. We'll be doing the same. But we've also got a couple of other surprises which I'm not telling you about. Good. Well, we want the <laughs> intrigue. We want to get people through the door to find out more. Now, that was brilliant, your microforest. I mean, and at the end of the day, you gave away all the trees. And, yeah. and I saw people walk Walking around with trees. Yeah. I mean, who knew that was going to come out of a business show? It was great. It was great to see. We gave away 420 trees. We'll be doing the same this year. And the interest was phenomenal. And that's really what my passion about is having discovered the secrets and the potential and the credentials of these microforests. And it's something I'm going to rattle your cage about, Helen. It's really something we should be using a lot more. And there's some really interesting stuff that's happening in the next couple of weeks on a national level that it's going to really elevate this. And we have created at a slightly unique way of delivering these microforests through corporate sponsorship. So that's one arm of what we're doing at YGS, but we've also, I've just been up in London looking at green walls, been looking at living pillars. What we want to do is we recognize... a living pillar? Sorry, I've got a... Well, actually, yeah, I mean, I may get somewhere. This is technology, which I've just learned how to spell. And fundamentally, it's planting on lampposts. Now, that might sound really stupid, but it's being done in London. And I've met the guy who's patented the 
design or is patent pending. And it's in principle, you have a water tank and then you have three meters of planting up the lamppost. All of this is done with capillary matting. And then you have a solar panel on the top, which feeds the sunlight, then gets converted. The power gets converted into electricity to run the pump, to feed the plants. And all of this is on an app. So he showed me his phone and he's got 264 lampposts around London. And they get a warning if the water's running low, so their team can go out and set their routes. They set these things for five minutes a day. 20 minutes a day depending on weather and they've got robins nesting in them they've got pine trees growing they've got things growing in these things that you just wouldn't believe from a horticultural perspective and really from my perspective that's really exciting we don't want to talk about the negative things that have been going on in the city centre but I believe that as a city we could do a lot more in the city with these spaces and so as I say we recognise that we're going to be a society moving back into the cities reimagining the retail spaces and part of that of course is street trees and traditional urban landscaping but also we're looking at the green walls and these things like these living pillars as more innovative ways of getting more biodiversity into our urban spaces and it's staggering i'm actually getting goosebumps talking about oh, it. it's Some really exciting phenomenal. i can't wait to see that that's fantastic and are you going to be trying to do that in the city then yeah absolutely it's one of those quirky moments in life where the chap that's actually behind it actually built a show garden in 1992 next to me at Hampton Court Flower Show. And I remembered his name because his company is called Scottscapes. And I went up and shook hands with him. I was a 23-year-old, you know, whippersnapper. And I went and shook hands with him. He started talking and I realised immediately he wasn't Scottish. And it struck me as strange to have the name. So a bit of a funny story behind that. And then we stayed in touch for about a year. He was really helpful with us winning our first gold medal there. And and then we just lost contact. And then, of course, LinkedIn over the last few years, you start to see these things and suddenly you realise they actually did the living wall at the Plymouth University. And I found out on the day I was actually doing a presentation about the living wall that we did at Sherford. Which at the time, wasn't that the longest? Yes, the second longest one in Europe. And we won a national award for that and got some really good recognition. But it was quite ironic that I actually asked who put this one in here. And they said, oh, it's this company called Scottscapes from London. I was like, well... So I had a couple of hours with him on Wednesday afternoon and we're talking about how we can work together strategically because we both believe in sustainability, biodiversity and all of these things he's working on. We need to get them down as Plymouth. Plymouth needs to be an exemplar and follow in their footsteps, really. Yeah, we need to do so much to improve the city centre. So Mm. apart from anything, that would just be fantastic. Mm. And Jackie, what can we expect from City College? Because I understand your students are catering the show. Well, you know, we have a plethora of qualifications. So whenever we can get our students involved, whether it's work experience, whether it's threading the digital agenda through the fabric of everything we do, or sustainability. All these things, as with our health and well-being, are a really important part of the student journey. And, you know, it's just so delightful to listen to these stories because we don't get anywhere in the world without skills or education. And we mentioned small businesses. Small businesses are absolutely fundamental in terms of bridging skills gaps and actually productivity going forward. So something for us is to really make sure that we listen to our small businesses as well as our large employers and their supply chains Mm. and really listen and really be demand-led so that we're providing the right qualifications for business and for the workforce. Yeah. Well, could I endorse, actually? Because we all know, but City College have been excellent. They've listened to us. We've approached them and we've talked about our concerns at the lack of a horticultural provision 
vision in the city. Mm. I got challenged about 18 months ago by a young chap who recognised he wanted to go into horticulture because of his well-being, but actually wasn't prepared to do the two stay-away weeks away from his family mm. because, obviously, he was very anxious. So I took that story to the City College, and they've been excellent. They've been very supportive. And, well, I've let Jackie continue, but delighted to say we're launching in September and really looking forward to seeing what we can do. And that's a perfect example of doing what an employer needs, yeah. which we're really delighted with also. And I'm really proud to say that every single one of our qualifications that we deliver, and there are thousands, yeah. have got an employer endorsement to say that we need to provide this qualification for our city and the wider region yeah. to fill the jobs, basically. Well, that's so important, isn't it? And we were talking about the catering provision. So you've got PL1 restaurant, haven't you, in the college where members of the public can go and eat. And we used to have an event there talking business and the catering standard is phenomenal Super. from students. Yeah. Do you think we can do that again sometime? Because I used to enjoy that. That was a really good event. We have lots of events and any opportunity that we can get our students to be in a real life working situation, yeah, so then that's what we pride ourselves on. And the catering is one of those, you know, taking them out of the restaurant and out of college life and actually putting them at Devon Business Show and actually putting them where they're going to be in the future when they get future jobs is just second to none in terms of experience, in terms of confidence, in terms of teamworking and resilience. So our students are really prepped to be able to do the job when they get the job. Absolutely, that is so important. Sorry, Steve. I just wanted to endorse that again because last year I approached City College for their carpentry students and we donated some timber to the carpentry students with some very primitive designs. And then the carpentry students created four planters, which we then delivered to the West End community and donated to the West End community. So again, that's an innovative way of working with an educational place such as City College and utilising their skills for the benefit of the community. It was a win-win situation all around. So they're still there now. And in fact, I'm going to have a coffee with a new coffee shop owner and the planter is outside there. I didn't realise that that's actually where it was. So um, again, testament to City College's openness to work with the local contractors and businesses. The Devon Business Show is back. Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce is bringing the Southwest's largest business event back to Plymouth Pavilions on Wednesday, the 11th of October. Connecting hundreds of businesses and entrepreneurs with future clients, all under one roof. We're delighted to welcome City College Plymouth, YGS Landscapes Limited, and Wildernet as our respective People and Skills, Planet, and Purpose headline partners, reflecting the Chamber's three strategic priorities. Book your Devon Business Show ticket now at devonchamber.co.uk. The Devon Business Show at Plymouth Pavilions on Wednesday the 11th of October. Let's get working at networking. Helen, you've got 200 plus employees. Can you get the right number of people? If you're expanding at that rate and there's a tight labour market, it must be a job for you to get people and particularly well-trained people. We desperately want to employ locally. It's only as a last resort that I would go anywhere else in the country. And as I said, 94%, 95% all work for us and live in the area. What we've found is two things. So first of all, we signed the Armed Forces Covenant. And we did that because we found that one of the best places for us to get employees were people returning after service, mm-hmm. leaving the forces. And about a third of the people who work for me are all ex-forces. So that has been a tremendous benefit to us. And that actually sort of plays into the regional that you come here, you're going to the forces, you come back and you want to settle here because it's a great place to live. So we've absolutely worked hard with the Armed Forces 
covenants and a local recruitment agents for that to help us. On the whole, we've had no problems because what we do do is we make a commitment to train. I love apprenticeships. I think they are great and we should just do more of them. So we will happily take as many apprentices as I can squeeze in. And also it's a great opportunity to pass on knowledge because if you team them with somebody else who's done that job for a number of years, it's quite fulfilling for them to be able to pass on that knowledge and experience to somebody and sort of get them set up for work. And it's the rounding, it's the soft skills. You know, that also really, really matters. Jackie mentioned that's a soft bit, socially preparing yourself for work. So we've got quite a young workforce alongside that. And then when we set up, we realised that actually most engineers have to go to Lincolnshire to train. So one day travel, one day there, one day back. And the problem is the first time you go up a pole, we don't know if you've got vertigo or not. We'll send yeah. you down a hole and discover you don't like it. Yeah. So it's a terrible experience if somebody gets halfway up and says, I can't do this job. Yeah. So we've now got a pole field on the back of Westbourne House where we are in Liscard. So the garden's been taken over and we've got <laughs> poles out the back. And actually, thank you very much to the Cornwall Council for allowing us to do that. So we train on site. We've got our own training academy behind there. So we do health and safety and all of the other pieces about splicing. Actually, fibre optics are quite dangerous when you deal with fibre. If you get a little tiny piece in your skin, it can kill you. So you mm-hmm. need to be properly trained. So we invest in the time in showing them how to do the job and we invest in the health and safety around that. We invest in the equipment so everyone's got the best equipment available to them. So when they go out to do the job, they're confident, they've got the right kit, Mm. they've been properly prepared, they've got backup in terms of what's happening. So we try and run a really happy shop so no one wants to leave us, Mm. to be perfectly honest, and people want to come and work for us. And we've been so lucky in that aspect across both Devon and Cornwall because we do 150 miles, you know, between Cornwall and Axminster. So we've got people spattered all across those two counties doing various roles. And we've just been so lucky. I feel completely humble by the team of people I've got working for me and the skills that they have. Well, that's brilliant. Do you know, that reminds me, one of our other patrons, Princess Yachts, they did this thing about looking at why they had had a high turnover. And what they realised is people were coming to them thinking, well, building a luxury yacht is all very exciting, and which it is, but some of the actual roles in doing it are pretty unpleasant. You know, working in a cramped conditions, in upside down doing marine engineering, you're in a cramped space. So you've got to be honest with people from the start about what they're going to expect. And that's why it's so great, isn't it, that City College putting students out there, getting the real experience, serving people. People, you know, working face-to-face with people in an environment that they are then ultimately going to work in. And Princess Shoss is another classic example in terms of just getting around the table and saying what is the shortage in the skill and delivering a qualification and a skill to get people into work to raise productivity. And also, I'm sort of sat here on behalf of all educational providers and skills providers, really. And, you know, we're talking about the South West and we're talking about Devon. I have colleagues in other educational organisations in Devon and we have something called the Devon Colleges Group so if there's something that I can't do I will talk to my colleagues so that we can support each other to provide the qualifications, the skills and the training so that we can keep the productivity in Devon Well that's been essential as part of LSIP that the colleges come together like never before and realise that like all organisations there's always a bit of competition and crossover but actually what you can help each other with is probably far greater than you've got in competition And we talk about apprentices and apprentices 
apprenticeships. Yep, the world is our oyster with apprenticeships. But also what we've been doing, which is really, really, really good in terms of being more bespoke to businesses, is there are things called skills boot camps that Mm. are for upskilling and retraining. So actually a qualification now doesn't mean that you've got to go somewhere five days a week for two years. You can do all of your training with your employer. You can do short, sharp training that's very condensed. So you do it every day for a period of time. That could be two days. That could be two weeks. So we've really become very agile and flexible now, working face-to-face and online to provide what is needed for the employer. So whether it's long and thin or whether it's very short, to get that training in place. Well, that's what employers tell us they want. They want that, they, you know, especially in a tight labour market like we've got at the moment, they can't afford to lose staff for months on end. Well, they can help do training in-house, but they need your help with that. They need your skills, your accreditation and your help setting up a curriculum. And that's where the chamber comes into its own. You know, even with us getting round the table today, I've learnt loads just sat round the table with three colleagues. Mm. But actually to facilitate those conversations Mm. about what is required is really, really powerful, I think. Well, thank you for that. Thinking back to the show now as well, I'm going to come to you, Steve, and ask you. So business shows of old, you'd have a stand and a jar for business cards and everyone would stand looking at each other. But it's much more interactive now, much more exciting. What would your advice be to someone who's coming for the first time to a business show and they think, what do I do? How do I get value out of this rather than just kind of stand there and wave at people who walk past their stand? There has to be a recognition that it's not everybody's cup of tea, networking. And I was that person 30-odd years ago. I joined the chamber 30-odd years ago and then cancelled after a year because... I didn't get anything out of it. And then somebody pointed out to me that, well, I hadn't been to any meetings and I hadn't spoken to anybody. So clearly (laughs) there's the problem. And it was because I was that, you know, rabbit in the headlights, shy guy in the corner, a bit young, didn't have the confidence, self-esteem, whatever it was. And so therefore saying that, you know, I think it's important to recognise, maybe find those familiar places, do the research before, know some of the companies that are going, maybe meet with them before so you can at least start some conversations whilst you're familiarising yourself with the day and the events and so on. Obviously be well stocked with your business cards or whatever the modern equivalent of that is now, Mm -hmm. a geofence or something, I don't know. (laughs) But be there, you are there to network, to meet people, they will want information, don't necessarily expect you to do the deal there and then, this is building relationships and please if you are you know struggling we've got a massive board of directors at the chamber there's plenty of people in Plymouth that would be more than happy to support you if you have concerns as that startup business mm. but I believe Claire and Kirsty are doing coffee mornings soon oh, yeah. one of the chaps I've introduced to has rung me on a couple of questions and I said well go and meet Claire and Kirsty and share your challenges and concerns and problems and let's see what we can do there's plenty of help out there don't be afraid to go and ask yeah, absolutely. I mean, firstly, we do say to people that joining the chamber is a bit like joining a gym. You don't actually get fit by joining a gym. You actually have to go to the gym and yeah. use the facilities and the programs. But Damn. I'm also aware, yeah, that's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> I'm also aware, you're right, it's not everybody's cup of tea networking. And so we've got a 30 under 30 group that's trying to bring on the next generation. And I say to all our members, please bring younger people with you. You know, get used to coming to a business event. And, you know, they say the art of really good networking is doing what I don't. I always do that. I walk into a room, you see someone you know, you go and talk to them. Well, what they say is you should walk into a room, look for the people you don't know and go and talk to them. Yeah. And that isn't easy for everyone. But like you say, we've got chamber directors, chamber staff, we've got chamber champions, people yeah. who are out there advocating for the chambers. And Steve is one. He's holding up his water bottle, which is a gift for being, how many did you have to refer to get a water bottle? Do you remember? 
Hundreds, no. probably. Mm, no. I don't know. You don't know how many you've referred? Lots. Mm, a few. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's because I believe in the chamber and what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I know that. But there are benefits of referring. Just get that little plug in. <laughs> this sort of peer support is really important. It's proven that if you belong to something that gives you peer support, you're far more likely to be successful in business. In fact, ONS stats show that if you're a member of the chamber, you're three and a half times more likely to survive. Mm. So that is really, really powerful, you know, and I just hope that people see that and come along to the show and find out more. Mm. So a final question for you all, I think, what will make it a successful show for you? What will make you go away and go, do you know what? We're going to do that again, which hopefully you will, and we'll do what we can to make that work. So Helen, I'll come to you seeing as you're online there. What will be a successful show for you? Well, I think picking up on your point on collaboration. So in the last 12 months, I think it's up to people like ourselves to provide content that we can work on together with the community within the chamber. So in the last 12 months, we set up B23 with the Cornwall Chamber, where I was going through B Corp accreditation as part of winning the F20 bids from the government. And I didn't really want to do it on my own. So we launched a scheme which put 22 other companies through at the same time. And we're now all waiting for our accreditation. And there's a second cohort gone through. And it's those sort of things that come out of the conversations, you know, which was, okay, actually, let's move this forward. I don't want to do this on my own. The rest of you want to do it as well. Yes, let's get it organized. We'll do it as a team. Much more fun. And I always find that these type of events spark my imagination about what might we do? What can we create, which is going to either deal with the skills crisis, which we've been talking about today, about sustainability. That one was very much about we live in the best part of the world, don't we? And we want to keep it like that. And we want to lead that it stays like this and we don't make it any worse. In fact, we make it better. And, you know, business has a part to play in that. So being part of the Chamber of Commerce gives you the platform to work together to create those things. You know, we do social inclusion. So it's things like kit recovery. Can we redistribute kit to those who can't afford to have it so they can use the network? And these are all sorts of things when you start talking to businesses, to your point, who aren't the ones I know, but who do really interesting stuff and are really inspirational. And you think, hmm, how can we work together? And I love those conversations. And one of those makes the whole day worthwhile. Just one of those conversations. And you find yourself driving back afterwards thinking, hmm, how can I make that work? How can I make that work? And you're suddenly on the phone to someone saying, can we make this work together? And, you know, that's a great payback. So for me, it's not just about getting the brand out there. It's about making a new group of business friends finding new ways to work together, moving Devon and Cornwall forward for the betterment of everybody here, you know, and being really imaginative about how we do that because that's what we do in the Southwest. That's why we survive, isn't it? We come up with the best idea. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm sure that will resonate with Steve and especially that stuff about B23. Um, Steve kind of leads for the Chamber. He's modest about it, but he leads on our sort of net zero activities. We don't have a dedicated person to deal with net zero yet. Mm. That, That is the dream, if I can fund it if anyone wants to help fund someone who can help our businesses towards their net zero ambitions that would be fantastic but at the moment i don't have a dedicated resource so steve is sort of acting as that so that really resonates with you i'm sure and what will make it a successful show for you well just on that point helen i was at the green breakfast last week and fascinated the b24 that you're launching next year and i've put our card in the pot and hopefully we're going to work with you on that i think that's a phenomenal initiative and something we've aspired to do we looked at beacor a couple of years ago didn't really think we had the resources to do that and that's a conversation we'll still have because we've been growing at a pace and sometimes we're not keeping up with all of the things that we want to do but it's an absolute aspiration so hopefully we'll work with you on that journey and I think I would only echo 
what's already been said, really, which is some of the things that came out of last year weren't direct business interactions at all, but actually met two people. They're going to be an important part of the growth of my charity. And you just don't know what you're going to do. And if you get out there and put yourself in the spotlight and talk to people and interact and have a coffee and chat and share, and I believe give is hugely important. So when you spot opportunities to introduce other companies to each other, Mm. I'm all over that and I'll continue to do that as long as I can. It's a wonderful place to do that in and I'm sure it'll be a success just by actually being there and being part of the day. Thank you for what you said. And, you know, there was a massive buzz last year. I just Mm. came away literally buzzing from Mm. it. I just thought it was brilliant. And seeing people walking off your trees, it made me laugh. I was literally driving home and people walked past me with a tree and you just mm. think, I know where that's come from. So Jackie, what will make it a successful show for you? Yeah, that people say that we are approachable and friendly and that we listen. And actually, then we have impact in terms of that skills agenda going forward. So that's that part. But even more so that all our students that are doing work experience and helping out mm. come out really purposed and fulfilled in Mm. getting those best jobs at the end of the day yeah brilliant i was just gonna say actually there's another point i think that i can remember i'm thinking back and reflecting and actually all of my staff that helped last year were buzzing as well and so that gets fed back into the ranks in the company and it's good for you we can sometimes be a bit away from the coalface and maybe not getting the agenda or not communicating or not understanding when it's going on the company. And we can also quote that we're doing X, Y, and Z and maybe the team don't know that or believe it. When they see you and join you on these sorts of things and they mm. see the feedback and the buzz in the room, it was really refreshing to hear some of the comments back from the team and I'm sure you guys shared the same thoughts. And it's really good for health and well-being that yeah. we all get together and discuss Definitely. everything that's going on. Mm. Definitely. I don't think you can beat meeting in person. I have to say, I hated all those lockdowns and all those endless Zoom meetings. Oh, just hated it with a passion. And it's so good to get together and to share ideas, collaborate, as you say, Helen. And, you know, that's what we're good at in the Southwest. So, look, genuine, sincere and honest thanks for being headline partners of the show. We genuinely couldn't put it on without you. So I'm really happy to say that and to also to work in partnership with you. We have such good relationships with all three businesses. I'm so excited for this year's show. So thank you for helping our businesses come together at the Business Show and to connect, grow and succeed, which is what we're all about. And I look forward to seeing you there on the day. Thanks very much. Likewise, Jeff. Thank you. In Conversation With is supported by Westcott's Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors, supporting Southwest individuals and businesses for over 30 years. Westcott's, we're here. Produced by Fresh Air Studios, full audio production services for business podcasts and corporate communications. Visit freshairstudios.com. Presented by Stuart Elford. Produced and engineered by Paul Philpot. Edited and mixed by Martin Burgess Moon. Production support by Lisa Hartwell. Video content by Mark Stevenson. Copyright Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce and Fresh Air Studios Limited. All rights reserved. Music.